I'm John Ryan and this is Podrace. This week, listening to a new global broadcasting number one. As Joe Rogan gets bounced by a man in rubber, we check out Batman Unburied. And Bat Chat looks at the real thing with the Bat Conservation Trust. Now, I'm always willing to be proved wrong on this one, but love radio, love drama, radio drama, eh, less so. Whether it's the need for everything to be described, or the hackneyed overuse of effects, or just the lack of pictures. I don't know, I struggle. So well done for trying and succeeding Phantom 4, Wolf at the Door, Blue Ribbon Content, and DC, who all get a credit for this one. It is Batman Unburied, the new most listened to podcast in the world. It begins with a mournful horn theme, police sirens, and oh, the old radio news report idea, bringing us up to date with the plot. Apparently a character called the Gotham Harvester is wanted for killing people for their organs. Have you been to a harvester before? Yeah, but they removed my lower intestine. We then hear the Gotham equivalent of Fia Tarrant, but she's not exactly turning up the feel-good on WIBS. Instead, she's warning us of November cold and a prowling murderer. Straight to scene two, where Dr. Bruce Wayne is about to perform an autopsy, his new morgue assistant, Kel, brings the latest Jane Doe for him to deal with. It's so recent she's still warm. Nice detail. There's lots of plot being imparted here, at the expense of much atmosphere, to be honest. She's new. He gets through the assistance. His weird technique, he empathises with his victims, which doesn't seem particularly remarkable until you hear him actually do it. He voices the victim using I and me rather than they and them. There's a laughable exchange. You have the police report? Yeah. No, read it to me, please. Because this is a radio drama and everything needs to be read out. Jane was found hanging from a crane. They saw the harvester cutting her. It's a large cut beneath the ribs, not to kill, but for disemboweling. Nice. They discover the harvester washes their victims. Dr. Wayne makes a very loud incision, I mean laughably loud, radio drama loud, and asks for the room before he removes the organs himself creepy and almost with comedy volume effects he theorizes about the killer's motive to himself and still uses i and me suddenly there's a noise off the scene's interrupted a door opened another breath in the darkness some swift steps and dr wayne is rushed at least i think that's what happened there's dialogue but it's hard to hear against the effects i think it's the harvester and he's harvesting returning to the body to finish the job He's whittering something about tasting things, how he's keeping Wayne at bay is either not explained or lost to me in the moment. Some comedy running effects again, and he's gone. And Kel is back, thank goodness, as she seems to be the only one with any powers of description. Jesus Christ, look at the body. He's sawed her face in half. There's something on the tongue. I think it's a piece of brain. I'm not making this up. That's the actual dialogue. Bruce is now being operated on, so I think we're supposed to take from this that he was attacked by our killer. We hear the Atmos and the background music distort as he's anaesthetised. That's a nice effect. Later on, we find out he was stabbed. Next, he's being questioned by a lady cop. He tells her the attacker was in a balaclava. Before Tom and Martha, Bruce's mum and dad arrive and shoo the nurse away. Now, there's a bit of two-bit hack conversation going on here. I've read better comics. Mum goes off to correct his pain meds. He and his dad do a load more plot. Bruce says he records his notes on an old dictaphone, which reminds me of the gag. Do you mind if I borrow your dictaphone? No, use your fingers like other people. It could have the attacker on it, apparently, Bruce's dictaphone. He took the pancreas with him. 
pizza delivery, I guess. And then the grey matter on his victim's tongue was actually from the previous victim. Yeah. More backstory in a slightly too long scene in the hospital with a bleepy machine beeping on. It's a hospital. Bruce's dad doesn't like Bruce's job and he works too hard. You're only supposed to do 250 bodies a year and he's already done over 300. Their voices are similar, which is annoying. You're wasted on the dead, says dad. Someone has to care about them, says Bruce with overemphasized anger. I'll tell you what the delivery reminds me of, actually. Bad early noughties video games, where everything is slightly exaggerated. Dad reveals, slightly clunkily, you're not supposed to operate on your family, but I didn't want to not do all I could, or some such. After insisting his lad sees a shrink, it's all, I love you, son. And actually, I found it very hard to take this scene seriously, because it suddenly dropped into my head that his vocal style matches the brilliant Patterson Joseph playing Alan Johnson in Peep Show, which is much more Croydon than Gotham. There's a clever effect to divide the scenes, then a radio tuning effect flipping to a phone-in where the host is chatting to paranoid city residents about the harvester's modus operandi. It's like an even more terrifying LBC. Next, we're on to another scene with two blokes talking. It's Bruce and the Shrink this time. Bruce at one point does that radio drama laugh. You know the one. <laughs> He's called Dr. Hunter, and there's a question they think is much cleverer than it is when Bruce asks... Which is it, Doctor or Hunter? They talk about sex. Bruce does the chuckle again and says it's irrelevant. The scene is just getting boring when there's a great bit of sound design. Hunter says Bruce should shoot from the hip. The notion of shooting cues an electronic effect and you feel Bruce's discomfort. The whole idea of shooting and guns has clearly got some kind of PTSD for him. It's powerful, but too soon we're just back to two blokes talking in a room again. The next separator is balls hitting each other on the pool table, where Bruce has come to meet an ambulance-chasing paparazzi. He's got pics of the harvester victims, which moves the plot along a bit, and Bruce wants to see them. Next to his rainy doorstep, where his mum has also turned up unexpectedly. He opens wine, noisily. I can't do the whole thumb-in-my-cheek thing, but imagine a wine bottle being uncorked, just like everybody does everything noisily in radio drama. He calls his mum an inveterate, incurable fixer, which is one of those phrases nobody would ever use in real life. She's trying to fix him up with Vicky Vale, then she spills her wine, which is predictable. Sounds like a waterfall in radio drama world. Then another of those weird moments it's hard to understand. His mum goes to get some tissues to mop up. I think she drops her necklace and the pearls go everywhere. Bruce has some kind of funny turn. Then his phone goes, and it's the harvester, we think, sounding very like all other psychopaths in drama. Think Ghostface in Scream. To be fair, we're 28 minutes in, and we've not yet been exposed to anything particularly creative or new. It's a bit sub-Luther when Harvester reveals he's already been in Bruce's house. I won't say what he's left in the fridge, but family Wayne won't be needing Uber Eats tonight. So this is the number one podcast in the world, and I'm not sure why. I mean, it's not terrible. It jumps from one set piece to another, but surely the kind of blockbuster Marvel geek that reads the comics or watches the movies won't find it pacey or rich enough for them long term. I certainly didn't. And it's slow. The first half hour's passed already, and Bruce is still batless. <laughs> Thank you. 
From a man who dresses as a bat but didn't to some real bats in Bat Chat, the podcast of the National Bat Monitoring Programme. Yes, it's a real thing. Who knew? This one has more sponsorship than the most listened to podcast in North America. Wild Care and Wildlife Acoustics have put their hands in their pockets. And it's the best way to show off wildlife acoustics as they demonstrate one of their bat acoustic monitoring tools. No, me neither. Turn this, they say, silence, into this. And you hear the most amazing chirruping bat sounds. Steve Rowe is our host, a trustee of the Bat Conservation Trust. A chuggy orchestral theme bobs along as he works his way through a slightly laboured intro. Now, I blame the BBC for this. If it hadn't spent the last hundred years starting every magazine show exactly the same way, maybe podcasters wouldn't follow the same model. Hello, I'm My Name. This week we're doing XYZ, theme to fade. Whereas the minute we get into a guest, Jill, who's been doing this work so long she can't remember when she started, recorded in the Derbyshire Dales in the middle of the night. It's all rather good to listen to. They're talking about the National Bat Monitoring Programme, from a roost full of BLEs, that's brown long-eared bats, to the initiated. It checks in on bats every year to get a handle on rising or falling populations. It's great audio. You can hear our guests, a fairly full-on accompaniment of rooks. It's warm, which is good. That means there are lots of insects. And lots of insects means lots of food for bats. Steve asks her about her bat detector. It's a magenta bat five. Jill likes it for its big display. This might be two bat experts sitting in a roost with a bat speed camera, but there's still more action than the psychotherapy scene in Batman Unburied. The scuttling, rattly ultrasound of the bats is slightly unnerving. I know it shouldn't be. There's nothing wrong with these flying mice. So why count the bats? Well, Phil's from the Bat Conservation Trust. He looks after their national monitoring program. He's thought bats are amazing since his teens and got hooked on a bat walk buying a bat detector taught him how to monitor them and tell them apart. Now, this is one of those, and I mean this really nicely, eccentric British podcasts. They've made three series of this thing already, and it doesn't look like they're running out of Chiropterac subjects. My one criticism is it's a bit preaching to the Bat Chapel. Maybe I should have started at the beginning, but as well as the stories of the experts, how much nicer would it be to hear some more emotion, some more anecdote? It really comes to life when experts like Phil and Jill speak with passion about their colonies of bats. More of that, please. I'm John Ryan, weary-eared and disappointed. This week with Batman Unburied from Spotify and Bat Chat from the Bat Conservation Trust. I listen to these so you don't have to. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.